Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog mostly daily over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. That means I share reality-based cleaning and organizing tips based on my reality, which is that cleaning and organizing are not really my favorite thing and they don't come naturally to me. Um, Most organizing advice is written by organized people and that's great and I can often learn things from them, but the reality is their brains don't work the way that my brain works. So sometimes, um, lots of times, their tips don't necessarily make a ton of sense to me. So anyway, as I have trudged through getting my own home under control over the past um, almost five years, getting close, four and a half years of uh, this crazy blog that I started, um, I've figured a lot of things out and I share those things here. And so now I've been podcasting. This is podcast number 22. And if you want to get to the show notes, which is where I will put links to the things that I mentioned within this podcast, uh, you can go to aslobcomesclean.com slash podcasts with an S and uh, look for podcast number 22. If by some chance you get there before I have actually linked within that page to podcast number 22. Uh, never fear, because if you're listening to this, that means I have put the show notes up and uh, you can just go to the bottom of that page where it says, see all of my podcasts and you will see podcast number 22 there. Cause sometimes I don't get things done immediately. Hence the whole slob blog thing. But anyway, uh, thanks for joining me today. Um, I'm going to talk about paper clutter in case you've ever wondered, um, you know, how far ahead I plan out what I'm going to podcast about. Um, you don't have to wonder anymore. I do have a file. I actually do have a word document on my computer called future podcast ideas. And I'm pretty sure there are three or four things on there. Um, but I rarely look at it. And I generally on Thursday morning think, Oh my goodness, it's Thursday. I'm supposed to record a podcast today. And then my, just my brain starts working and I come up with something. Well, today I was thinking as I was out shopping, um, which when you live in a small town and you make a big shopping trip, it involves driving a long way. So I had a lot, a lot of time to think. And, um, so I was thinking, okay, what am I going to podcast about today? And I, um, was thinking, okay, you know, a lot of the tricks that I've come up with to keep clutter out of my home. And I thought of the post that I actually put up this morning, uh, which is called how to reduce paper clutter. And I thought, well, I want to talk about that in there too. And as I started thinking about paper clutter, since that's already what's on my mind, since I just wrote a post on it, I realized, you know, I can do an entire podcast on paper clutter and only paper clutter because paper clutter is a really big problem for lots of people. And for slobs, it is our like natural enemy. I mean, really, you know, there's different kinds of animals and things that are natural enemies of each other, paper and slobs. Yeah, that's, that's our relationship that we have. We do not get along very well. Um, so I'm going to talk about paper clutter. Um, but I want to make sure that I'm clear that you get the title, which is how to reduce paper clutter. Reduce, not eliminate, not control, not conquer, all that kind of stuff. Let me just say that for a really long time, I have resisted writing about or talking about paper clutter. I get questions about paper clutter probably more than anything else. And I get it. I I really do. But you know, when people kind of land on my side or my podcast and they get this strange impression that I'm a professional organizer, um, (laughs) I'm so sorry to those who that happens to, but when people get this impression 
very incorrect impression that I'm a professional organizer, you know, that's generally the first question people want answered is how do I get paper under control in my house? Well, number one, I'm not a professional organizer. I am just a person who struggles with this, who has been focusing for the last four and a half years on getting my house livable, getting my house under control to where I don't feel like it controls me. And, um, but I know, you know, when people ask those questions, when they have the impression that I'm a professional organizer, um, I, I know how it is because I've been there. They want the answer. They want the answer to no more issues with paper. I don't want to ever have to search for a paper again. I don't ever want to have to tear through every single drawer in my entire house, um, looking for something that we desperately need that day. Oh, I don't know, birth certificates for baseball playoffs. Can I just ask you why it is that and maybe yours are different, but we have to turn in birth certificates the first time that we register our kids for baseball. But then if they get into playoffs, we have to then again bring a copy of the birth certificate. And can I tell you that is so stressful for mothers in the summer to find a birth certificate. But anyway, so though I'm not going to tell you how to get everything under control. So you can stop listening if you really thought this was going to answer all your life problems. But what I am going to tell you is how I have personally greatly reduced the paper clutter in our home. Um, again, I didn't want to talk about this and, um, because I, I don't feel like I've conquered it, but it's kind of the same thing with the ebook that that was the first one that I wrote called 28 days to hope for your home. I wrote that basically to answer those people that were constantly asking me, how do I get started? Okay. That's great. That's great. Yes. I know. Read your blog from the beginning. See what you did, but how do I get started? They just kept coming back to that question and it overwhelmed me because I thought, well, I can't answer all your questions. I don't know the answer to everything. I mean, I'm just figuring this out on my own. Um, but the moment for me was when I realized, okay, I can't tell someone to how to have a perfectly organized house from top to bottom and keep it that way for the rest of their life. But I can tell someone how to get to the point where they're no longer overwhelmed, where they feel like it is actually a possibility that I could have my house under control to feel like there is hope for their home. So kind of in that same way, not like this is, you know, that big of a thing. I'm not writing an ebook about it or anything, but, um, it's kind of the same idea. It just hit me, even though I've resisted. I mean, seriously, when people would email, you may be the person and I'm not, you know, but when I would get an email or I would get a Facebook message or whatever about, can you tell me how to organize my paper, how to get paper under control? My first reaction was, don't ask me. I don't know. Um, but I realized just recently, I said, okay, no, I can't tell you how to get under control, but I can tell you how to get to the point where you're no, no longer overwhelmed by paper, because that's where I am. I am no longer overwhelmed by paper. I still don't love it. We have a hate-hate relationship, Paper and I do, Um, but it does not just completely baffle me and make me feel overwhelmed. So I'm just going to tell you how it is that I have personally gotten to that point, and I hope that you can take these tips and use them in your house and, you know, with your family. So a little bit of my own paper history, Um, flat surfaces, those are my enemy, Um, and paper and flat surfaces gang up against me personally. When we bought our very first home, which is an extremely exciting experience. I mean, that is a big deal to buy your first house. We were, you know, looking at these homes and I was pregnant with our first child. And, you know, when you walk into a house that you're, you know, visualizing 
moving into with your husband and, and raising your children in, rearing your children, I know. Anyway, but if you're, you know, visualizing how you are going to create a family in this home, personally, I don't visualize the clutter that's going to be there. I visualize it at its absolute best. When we walked into our house that we ended up buying as our first home, um, I was so thrilled with this um, counter that it was part of the kitchen, but it was, it was kind of the thing that connected the kitchen to the living room, you know, so it had a little bar on it, not like an alcohol bar, but you know what I mean? Where the little ledge where uh, you get bar stools and the kids can eat up there. That's what I envisioned in my head because at my mother-in-law's house, that's what we do. The adults eat at the table and then the kids whoever gets there first, um, get to sit in the bar stools and eat up there, you know, so it's a little other eating area. And I pictured my kids eating breakfast there and us talking and all that. And so there was this ledge that was a corner one. So it had probably a total of about six feet of space, about four feet across. And then another two, I'm not math. So don't, you know, analyze my math here, but anyway. Um, and then it had a huge, not huge, but a big old counter that was about five feet across and three feet deep. And this, you know, counter was just this wonderful open space. When I was looking at this house, I thought, oh, and I could picture myself as a mom with my perfectly behaved children who were going to be playing quietly, not arguing at all in the living room. Um, I would be able to see them from this space right there. And I thought, okay, well, it doesn't have the stove. It's kind of separated from the stove and the sink and all that. But I thought, no, I can, I can chop things. I can mix things. I can, um, you know, put together salads and, you know, any kind of meal prep, move things into the serving dishes. You know, this was before I realized that I was just going to serve everything out of the pot from the stove. Sorry. Um, but really, I mean, that was what I was going to do. I was going to use this wonderful space as prep area so that I could prepare dinner while my children, you know, participated in some kind of brain stimulating um, activity because I mean, I was not going to use television as a babysitter. <laughs> yeah. I, I know those things are all delusions now, but anyway, um, cause in case you don't have kids yet, just so you know, um, dinner prep is the time when everyone goes absolutely berserk. But anyway, so that was my vision for that house as we looked at it. And as I, you know, pictured us moving into it, but then the reality was far different than that. I mean, like totally, completely different. Probably within days, uh, that space, that um, ledge and the whole, you know, five by three counter was just a dumping ground for anything paper. Just piles. The whole thing was in completely, totally piled up in paper. And that was probably, looking back that was probably my biggest sore spot in that entire house because, because of that, that huge pile that just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger and was, you know, then the bigger it gets, the more overwhelming it is. So then I put it off longer and then it gets bigger and then it's more overwhelming. So I put it off longer. You know, it's that huge cycle that goes on. Um, that space was probably, the most discouraging space in my house because I could pick up the floor in the living room. I could even, you know, take the laundry and 
off of the love seat back before I had laundry under control. I have another podcast earlier about laundry if you want to listen to that. But um, before I had laundry under control and the love seat was always covered in it, well, I could, you know, scoop that up and take it to the master bedroom. If somebody called and said they were coming over, I could pretty much handle it because, you know, I, I could, I could get all that done, but I could not deal with that huge thing of paper. Cause you can't, if you are not, um, someone who struggles with this, you may not know, but you can't scoop up, you know, a five foot by three foot pile of paper in your arms and stuff it somewhere. It just doesn't work. It all falls everywhere. It's really, it was so frustrating. So that space that was constantly covered in paper was um, probably my biggest source of stress. It was the thing that made me feel completely overwhelmed in my house. So, uh, you know, the ditches were a little bit hidden, uh, but that right there could not be hidden because it was basically out in the middle of the living room, sort of, which is one of the reasons when we bought this house back before I had anything under control whatsoever, um, we purposely bought a house that does not have an open kitchen. Like it's a very off you do not see it when you walk in the house or when you're in the living room, you don't see the kitchen. And that was the way I wanted it. And sometimes I miss that, but I I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, but really though, that, uh, just having that open space and just as a little tip, which I don't, I don't really know how I feel about this, but I remember my mother saying that she knew somebody who, um, had a space like that in her home and she had her home remodeled and she had that space removed. Like she took the counter out because all it was, was a junk collector. She actually removed the flat surface from her home and that took care of it. And of course, at the time I thought, well, where would I put everything, you know, but now I kind of see a little bit more of the logic in that. So anyways, but that is my, um, you know, my experience with, with paper. So I have been there. I've had it, uh, when we moved into our rent house, we had a little built-in dining, um, I mean, um, built-in china cabinet kind of thing. And the whole entire top of the, you know, the flat surface of that was full. And then we would shove things into the cabinets above when somebody was coming over. And so those were full. And I remember moving and uh, packing all those papers into boxes. I didn't have time to deal with all that as we were moving. And so we actually paid someone to move boxes full of paper clutter, which just makes me cringe now, but it's something I've learned from. So anyway, so that kind of is, is, you know, where I'm coming from to the point now where I'm not overwhelmed by paper. I don't like it. I don't feel like I have it, you know, under control. And, you know, you're not gonna be able to say, Hey, where's your such and such from 2007? I'm like, Oh, I know right where that is. That's not going to happen in my house. But I do have a much smaller pile to look through. I mean, a pile that when we have home groups, I generally just leave it out. It's a pile. It's not pretty, but it's not humongous the way that it used to be. So I would say it's now a space that's maybe one foot by 18 inches as opposed to, you know, five by three plus another four feet, whatever. Like I said, don't pay attention to my math. But um, so here's how I've significantly reduced paper clutter in our home. Number one, I have become heartless, completely ruthless, cruel, unfeeling. Um, really, I mean, just, I have lost a whole lot of my sentimentality. Um, my kids now granted my kids are a little older now, but I started this when I still had kids going through, you know, kindergarten and preschool and stuff like that. So we didn't do preschool, but you know what I mean? That kind of age. Um, 
but uh, you know, my kids would, my kids know that, um, they bring me their stuff. You know, some of them have Tuesday folders and they bring me their folder to look through their papers. We look through them. I give all those motherly comments like, oh, sweetie, this is wonderful. Oh, yay. This is great. Honey, you really need to make sure that you read the directions next time. Did you see that you lost points for this or whatever? Um, so, you know, I, we look at them, we talk about them, and then I hand them back to my kids and they immediately go stick them in the trash or the recycling bin. Well, the recycling bin, but I call it trash. But anyway, um, so, you know, they go and they, they just know to immediately pitch it. I mean, that's what we do. We don't keep papers. I mean, unless it is something that truly shows their personality and creativity, not just a pretty, you know, oh, look, they followed all the directions on this craft, but, you know, they, or they did copy work on some kind of a plaque or whatever. No, I mean, if it's actually their story that they created, yes, I will keep that. I'm not like a horrible, completely terrible mother, but I you know, unless it's something just amazing that I would die to not have again to look at, um, it goes in the trash. Uh, you know, and that's partly, um, well, okay. So let me go on here, but you know, one of the other things too, is like, we don't bring stuff home from church anymore. And I know I felt really horrible because we had a speaker who talked about, you know, the good parents are the ones who are really going to take that stuff from church and they're going to go do something with it. And I'm like, you know what? We talk about a lot of spiritual matters at home and we try to make it part of our every single day life, but I am not taking that paper home. I mean, it still ends up in my car and I don't even, we're not talking about my car in this podcast, just so you know, but I leave, I mean, my kids know that, oh, that's neat. You got that in Sunday school today. We'll, you know, go throw it in the trash before we get in the car because we are not taking paper home if we can possibly help it. So part of it is just becoming very, very heartless. Um, I've seen pictures uh, you know, or ideas of, you know, taking pictures of artwork and, you know, there's apps for that, which I think is awesome. There are, um, you know, people creating memory books of things. And I think that's wonderful. I'm not there yet, but, um, you know, I have a container, which is, you know, not your typical container, but I have a drawer in my dining room at the bottom of my China cabinet. And that drawer is for sentimental school projects, you know, things that I want. So that's a container, And, uh, you know, just so you know, as your kids get older, like mine are, mine are now seven, 10 and 12, um, they don't have as many things come home that you feel like you have to keep everything. But, um, but you know, that, that drawer is the container. And so once that's full, then I have to decide, does everything deserve to stay in here? Or, you know, do I get rid of some of it so I can put more stuff in there? Or do I get another container, whatever. Um, but just so you understand, you know, for me personally, I've had to really, really, limit that because my natural inclination used to be, well, what if we need this spelling test or what if we need, you know, and it's just that going ahead and making the decision that we throw everything away. The only decision is, oh, there is something that I would actually like to keep. The decision's already made to go ahead and throw it away. The only decision is to decide to keep something. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but another note from that too is, um, this heartlessness, which I personally am so glad I now have, you know, to not be as sentimental about every single piece of paper that comes in my house, um, is a result of huge amounts of decluttering. I mean, I told you about those boxes that we had moved from house to house of, you know, boxes full of stuff, you know, paper and things like that. And, oh, I don't have time to go through this right now. So I'm going to put it in a box and we'll go through it later. Well, later never comes or when it eventually comes, because I have done huge, massive amounts of decluttering in my home. 
you know, my husband and I have, we would spend, you know, when we go through the garage and see how many boxes of random papers, you know, that are just labeled random papers, we would go through that. Well, you find out that you have huge, you know, a huge box that you keep three pieces of paper out of and to realize that we've been moving and storing junk mail and, you know, random papers that we never needed to keep that decluttering, that momentum gained from having decluttered things and having felt that, oh my word, I can't believe we moved this from two different houses. When you felt that feeling as many times as I have, that's what's produced that heartlessness. So it's not like it's necessarily something that is going to come easy the first time. It really does get easier and easier the more I declutter things and see, wow, I don't ever want to keep something like this again. And the more I do it, the more I realize, oh, I don't miss that stuff. Are you crazy? Okay. The other thing is very similar, but I'm, you know, giving it in regard to mail. And that is following the one touch rule. Now I've heard this in lots of different places. So I'm not sure who came up originally with the one touch rule. If you know, please leave it in the comments um, for podcast 22. But, uh, but I, I don't know exactly who I think the first time I heard or the first time I registered it, you know, which a lot of times organizing stuff just kind of would go through, go in one ear and out the other, you know, fly over my head because I was just not ready to kind of take it in. But I remember, um, hearing vaguely Amy Lynn Andrews at amylynnandrews.com, you know, she read a book called tell your time about time management that she really tries to keep simple. But I think I remember her talking about the one touch rule. So basically the one touch rule is, um, I, I apply that. I think of it that way with mail specifically, meaning when I get the mail, I head straight to the recycling bin. I mean like immediately that is where I go. I do not stop and look at it first. I mean, I might glance through it as I walk up the sidewalk, hopefully not falling. Um, but I go straight to where I can immediately pitch it. And that is where I look through it. And I go ahead and go on things that I already know. So I've already, you know, basically not putting off any decisions on my mail saying, okay, I know that we're not going to refinance our home right now. And we are not in the market for changing electric providers or getting new credit cards, whatever. So anything that comes in like that gets pitched immediately. And this is where, you know, if if you get worried about that, then you need to invest in a a paper shredder, Uh, just, you know, a good one because they do jam and they do get all messed up pretty easy if you get the cheap ones. But, um, but, you know, going ahead and just dealing with it right then, because if I don't, If I say, oh, and I look at it and I think, well, I'm going to set this down here and then I'm going to deal with it later. I don't. And it just, you know, creates the beginning of a pile, which turns into a bigger pile, which then becomes this huge, massive, overwhelming task when really it was a pretty easy decision. I don't want this stuff. And so I just immediately throw it away. So I would say most of what we bring in from the mailbox, 89% of it goes straight in to the recycling bin. I mean, just immediately. There is no in between for us. Um, And that has made a huge difference. And this is where, you know, I talked to my husband. I said, okay, I'm thinking about writing about paper clutter, even though I don't feel like I have it under control. I said, do you think, I said, is it my imagination or I have gotten a lot better about paper, right? 
And he said, uh, yeah. He said, we don't have anywhere near the paper clutter that we used to have. And he said, in fact, you, you kind of scare me when it comes to paper. He said, because I'll see you just immediately throw something away and I'll think, oh, what? and then, you know, he just had to go, okay, you know, just trust me on that. But that is hard. It is hard, which is one of the reasons why I try to be the one who gets the mail. Because I have not quite been able to get other people to see things the way that I do on this, other people in my home. Um, yeah. So I try to be the one to get the mail so that I know it's going to get pitched immediately, you know, and my kids get a little bit scared when they run out and get the mail and then they come in like, oh, it's just a flyer, whatever. You know, we just had this political election. So we got a million different um, political flyers just about every day. Oh, it's just a thing about such and such. And my son starts to set it on the dining room table. And I say, no, don't go do that. Go throw that away immediately. And he looks at me like, wow, but it's really, it's my issues, not him. Um, but really simply heading straight to the trash can from the mailbox has greatly reduced the amount of paper clutter that we have. Um, okay. Number three is to go digital. Now it's funny because honestly, we are some of the last people I knew to go to online bill paying. And yet I've already had quite a few comments from people who say that they haven't done it because they're scared of it. And we were just like, Oh, I don't know. It just seemed like this daunting thing. And you know, what if this, what if that? And then we talked to all these different people who did it. And so we finally did it. And Oh my word. Now I see why people love it so much. I mean, really people are passionate about online bill paying because it will change your life. It is so incredibly easy and quick. And the huge extra benefit is reducing paper clutter. Um, you know, as you go, you know, for a while after we started doing it, we were still getting our paper statements, but, and I'm saying this with my husband being the one who does stuff, but, um, I think as you go through your bill paying process, you know, you can find a place to check that says, you know, don't send me a paper statement anymore. You know, you can opt out of getting your paper statements. Um, And that in and of itself is so much easier. And, you know, I'm not great with cleaning out my email box either. So I, it's a whole lot easier for me to search for something using keywords like, you know, bank statement, whatever, I don't know, in my email than it is for me to search through masses of paper. So that, yeah, I like things being digital. Going digital is huge. If you're overwhelmed by the thought of going digital, go to your bank. Really. I mean, take a little bit of time, go to the bank, even if you have your kids with you, whatever, and ask them to actually help you get set up because banks want you to go digital. In fact, most likely if you have not started doing online banking, you are probably paying fees for not doing online banking. I actually, there was, um, one thing that we were still getting Uh, we were getting our paper statement from our bank account and, um, I happened to open it. And when I say that, that means that I generally don't open it because we do everything online. Well, I saw that I was being charged $3 to get a paper statement. They don't want to send me a paper statement. They want us to do everything digitally. So I haven't done it yet, but I need to call and I need to, you know, do whatever I need to do to have that stopped so that I don't, you know, get charged $3 a month. But you, you know, if you think about it, most of these like wonderful free services that you get with your bank are for on people who do online banking. So if they want you to do it, they will talk you through it. They will help you figure it out how to do online banking. And it really, truly 
has made a huge difference in how much paper comes into our house. Um, opting out of stuff. Um, there's other things that we get, not just banking, but you know, investments that we have or different, different things that we're part of that we would get, um, you know, something coming in the mail. Well, as we would get that, I would try to, you know, over time, I would try to look and see, is there, you know, a place, and sometimes they'll say this on the outside of the envelope even, you know, go paperless. They want you to go paperless because that really, truly, especially for investments, that's an expense for them to have to send out paper statements and that, you know, reduces how much money your investments are making. But so you do the, um, you know, looking as things come in, glancing on it and saying, you know, looking for where it says go paperless and then following whatever directions it is to go paperless. It's pretty easy usually, but just kind of over time saying, oh, okay, I'm going to, um, here's more paper coming in my house. Is there something on here that makes it easy to stop the paper from coming in my house? Um, uh, other things too, I linked to a post on today.com that I just got when I Googled about reducing junk mail and they have ideas for that. I didn't want to personally link to some of these sites because I mean, I, I guess I would trust today.com, even though you have to figure that that's like the today show on NBC. Um, you'd have to figure that out for yourself if you trust it, because I really, I mean, like a lot of things you have to put your social security number in and I'm like, Oh, I don't know if I want to do that. Um, but there are ways to opt out of getting credit card offers and stuff like that. There's different things you can write to, um, as far as the different credit what are they? Credit monitoring? I I don't know. Anyway, but that there's an article within this post that I will link to that, um, that, you know, gives you more information on ways to go about that. Um, so that's paper clutter and how we have greatly reduced it. Um, like I said, it is not conquered, but it's tamed. So, you know, if if we want to, you know, visualize paper as an animal, basically, you know, it's, it's no longer an animal that's going to attack me and like slash me and kill me. It's still probably TT's on the floor quite a bit, but it is tamed, you know, it's it's still kind of a hassle for me. Um, but I have basically one area of my home, like I said, that's about 12 inches by 18 inches. That is a pile of paper. And that's where I know to look when we're looking for things, or that's where I notice to, to shove things. And still I end up with stuff in there, like birthday invitations from a birthday party six months ago or whatever, you know, things like that still end up in there, but it has made a huge, huge difference in, um, how we're able to function in our home with paper, just using those different things. So I would love to hear your personal experience with paper clutter. Um, And uh, just so you know, just to prove that I really don't need to talk about how to get all of your paper under control, you know, I, when I first started my, um, my blog, aslobcomesclean.com, I, um, you know, as my part of getting things under control, I set up a whole filing system. I had a uh, little plastic file box with a handle and I really thought I've got it. I have got this under control and I was waiting to write about it after I had proved to myself that I got it. You know, and I, I had like, I was trying to, you know, simplify my filing and only put things in there that really needed to be and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But the truth was, is it, it failed. And I know exactly where that file box is, but I guarantee you, I have not opened it in two years. So whatever is in it obviously was not that important. And, uh, you know, it, it didn't work. That filing system didn't work for me. That's why I don't share things 
like, oh, this is what you should do when it just simply hasn't worked for me. But I will say that, you know, reducing the paper clutter has made a huge, huge difference in our house. So uh, thank you so much for joining me. If you've listened for this long, I hope, hope that you've gotten something out of it. And if you had, I would love it if you would um, go to iTunes and leave a review that helps other people find the podcast uh, when they search. You know, I've had people tell me they've found me by searching cleaning and organizing. Um, and so I like to, you know, get out there and that helps so much with that. If you will leave a review, I thank you so much, so very much for that. Um, but you can go to a slob comes slash podcasts to find the show notes for this podcast, number 22. Uh, and you can go to a slob comes slash connect to find me on all my social media channels. Um, we are now over 52,000 Facebook fans, which is just crazy. But, uh, anyway, just so you kind of get that affirmation that you are definitely not alone. If, um, cleaning and organizing is something that just kind of boggles your mind. It's definitely not just you. There are lots of us out there. I thought it was just me when I started, but it's not. Um, so, uh, thank you so much for listening today and I will see you next week. Bye.